0: Welcome to the Dylan Experience, and today is episode 61. I've got another special guest for you today. But before we get to that special guest, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, do whatever you need to do to stay in touch with podcasts so you can keep in touch. My guest today is the author of the number one best-selling book, Seen and Unheard, a life coach who builds confidence in women who struggle with being seen and heard in their own lives. Turning her own life around at 57, she has made it her mission to turn her mess into her message, she has built her new, brand new mobile app called Confident You. My guest is Patricia Love. Patricia, how are you?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm I'm fantastic.
1: Awesome. It's a great day in Seattle. It's all I know.
0: Absolutely. It's it's fairly beautiful here in Wisconsin. Sometimes it gets cold. Sometimes it gets hot. We'll see. It's kind of bipolar it's, today. But
1: it sounds like Seattle. Sometimes it rains. Sometimes it's not. <laughs>
0: Today it's not. So Patricia, there's there's a lot to unpack here. One, I've Mm -hmm. never met a person that's really digging into building an app, Um, Mm -hmm. but you've written a book. You you know, changing your life at 57, right? I've got a lot of questions, but I want to hear kind of your story of like, how did you get to that point of wanting to change your life at 57 of all of all ages? So kind of kind of walk me through how we got here.
1: Yeah, I, sometimes I wonder how I got there. Also, uh, to be <laughs> honest, um, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's interesting when you look back on your life, and you really dig in, you start seeing where things happened. And, and at at 57, I had come to a point of being broke and broken on the floor, drinking too much. Uh, husband had left. Had a couple of relationships that blew up before that. Um, and so just lots of negative things were happening. I was $140,000 in debt. I didn't even know if I would have like a rope over my head in maybe a month. And I was always good at making money, but I was really good at spending money also. But what happened was that these negative behaviors just continued, on, continued and started when I was a young girl. And a lot of times, you know, as children, we, we learn what we live. And what I learned is first off, my mom was an alcoholic, so she basically paid no attention to me except for to get me out of the room at any at any age. My siblings were much older than I was, and so they were pretty much gone out of the household in a lot of ways because uh, so I was kind of grew up a single single kid. My father basically uh, he was very mentally unemotional, and I'll have I'll now preface that with so that people understand what that really is. For me, it was when he said, gave me a birthday card. It was happy birthday, Mr. Jack M. Love. So it was never dad. It was never, I love you. It was never. So, and he was always gone. So he, there was a, a, a mental abandonment. I mean, I always had a rope over my head. I always had food to eat, but I was basically grew up on my own alone and kind of had to figure out things for myself because I had no inspiration, no encouragement. Cause when I grew up, There basically was like, want to be a nurse or do you want to be a secretary type of thing it wasn't pushed to go to college uh, in the 60s 50s and 60s it wasn't pushed to do that. Um, And then, you know, but yet on the other side of it it was, Oh, you're a woman you got to, you got to be a strong independent woman you can do you know type of thing so there was a lot of mixed messaging going on in my life, but unfortunately when you, when you grow up. with that kind of behaviors and not have any encouragement or inspiration or discipline or even any tools to actually guide you into your teen years and in your 20s which if you don't have those tools that's when things can go awry and in my instance they went awry so bottom line is during my um 20s a lot of things happened i had sexual traumas I had relationships, I was just looking for the daddy love that I never found. Uh, I was drinking, I was drugging, I was doing too many different things. And so this all led up to in my 30s and 40s that I just never knew how to change my behaviors. And these were negative behaviors. And as you you probably know, or a lot of people know, when you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you always get the same result. So you have to learn how to you know, decipher that. So what the bottom line is that it was a 57 and after a couple of a divorce and, and where everything hit the fan in my late fifties, I knew at that moment, something had to change because even at 57, I felt I still had a good portion of my life left and I didn't want to be a bag lady. And so I had to make some decisions. And, and so I did. And so the last 12 years, 13 years almost, um, I've changed, I changed my whole life around, but I did it one, one moment and baby steps and one day at a time. And the such until I was in a, it got into a place that I could start giving back and doing things and doing things for other people. So that's kind of the story a little bit, maybe more to that, but that's a right. little bit in a nutshell.
0: I hope this isn't a fatal error for me, but I'm, I'm putting a couple things together here. You're telling me that you're almost 70.
1: Yes. This month
0: wow well first of all congratulations and well, thank you birthday. but but you don't look it right well and thank so you. that's it's incredible that you know that you have at 70 years old you have that vigor and that that joy and you you exude this passion to do what you're doing right now and so i mean when when you said 57 i was like well, you don't even look 57 first of all so there's that but what so, I mean, there's so many questions, right? Like, sure. the, ask
1: away. I'm an open book.
0: You said you started making decisions, mm-hmm. right? And and I'm really curious about what were those decisions that you started, you know, recognizing that you had to make. What what kind of transpired to put those decisions even in your in your, you know, in your brain bucket to say this is what I have to actually start thinking about.
1: Right. Right. So when I was in my condo on the floor into my second martini, you might say, um, crying and this and that. Uh, This may sound a little weird to some people, but to other people, they'll get it. Um, I had this cat, okay? I still have a cat, but I had this cat. This is a new one. Um, Her name was Hula, and she had always been so soulful that it was amazing. It was like, She had this thing about her that was caring and loving and, you know, and there's some cats that I've had, they're not that way. Okay. So it was definitely something about her, but just a step back, my sister had passed away when I was 29 and she was like my mentor and my person who took care of me in the long run, because she was 10 years older than I was. And my parents weren't really there to, you know, really lead me at all. So I always looked to her and as a mentor, and so I've always felt she's been near me and next to me, uh, and I've always felt that, and I've always had good intuitions on that, and I'm, I'm more much more spiritual than religious so that everybody can understand, sure. but it was that day, and it was September of uh, 2009, I guess, yeah, actually it's a little longer than I thought, uh, 2009, that I was on that floor, and all of a sudden, I was crying, tears were flowing, And I felt this something on my, 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 my hand, I look over and here's my cat Hula with her paw on my hand. And I swear some kind of energy, something, something happened that just kind of lit me up and just warmth came through my body. And I heard this, you've got to keep going. Do not give up, take your power back. I don't know if that was the cat. I don't know if that was my sister coming through the cat. I don't know what it was, but all I know is it felt so strong that I literally actually had to write down uh, five words because five words came to my mind and I didn't even know why. And I wrote down acknowledgement, forgiveness, mindset, accountability, and perseverance. And later on in, I added gratitude. But those five words, I just put on a piece of paper because I didn't want to forget them. And I had no idea, but that day was the day I made the decision, okay, I got to be honest with myself because the shit that's been happening this last 57 years have not been working. I'd, I'd make money, I'd, you know, I'd lose money, I would get into relationships and I'd get divorced or lose the relationship. There was something I had to acknowledge the fact that maybe, just maybe, I played a part in it. And at that is one of the hardest things that a lot of people have to do within themselves is to acknowledge that maybe they're not so perfect as you think they think they are. <laughs> and it's a, it's really a hard one. It's in fact, most people, and I was doing the same thing. I was compartmentalizing all of my traumas, compartmentalizing anything to distract my life from anything negative. So I could be this positive person and positive thing and this and that, but at home at night and in the dark, I was a a darkness within me. So it came down to the point that if I didn't change, if I didn't make some changes, I may not be here right now. That's how I felt. And I just couldn't not, I could not go on the same way. And I knew that I had the power within me because somebody upstairs or the cat told me I did. And you know what, sometimes you just have to believe it. And one thing I've always had, had a good, uh, was good at was intuition. I always had good intuition. Now, sometimes the head overlapped that intuition and made very bad mistakes. But when I always listened to my intuition, that's when things went well. So I said, I gotta listen to this. And so I made the decision to start it first off, because I started connecting the dots with the words and it, it, not, let me tell you it didn't happen overnight this happened over a period of you know a few weeks to two a month trying to figure out what are these words for what do i got to do but i knew i had to do something and the first thing i did is i had to acknowledge my negative behaviors i had to acknowledge that i needed to open up the bills i needed to see that i have i was in debt besides putting my head in the sand and not not thinking that would just go away which a lot of people do uh, and i had to i had to realize that i played a part in relationships I had to realize and divorces, I had to realize that, you know, my, my history and my, how I was brought up is probably some of the reasons that led me to certain mistakes during my twenties and thirties and things, because I had no guidance and there was a long list of acknowledgments. but, and that's really hard to do. Like I mentioned earlier to really write down your negative ways, like maybe I'm a little more judgment than I thought, thought I was, maybe I judge other people Maybe I think I'm not good enough. I had to admit all of this. And it's hard. I cried about a lot of it. It's like, I can't believe I'm, i mean, my list was so long. It's like, I can't believe all things are wrong with me. But interesting enough, when you write them out and start bringing them to light, it releases you and gives you permission to move forward. And the other thing was I had to learn to forgive um, myself. I had to learn also to be able to forgive my parents, because in some ways I held, my father not being there and abandonment and such and that such uh, to a higher standard. And and yet I I just was angry at him. But in so many ways, when you learn and start really learning about who you are and realize, wow, if I have flaws, gosh, maybe my dad had flaws and maybe I just didn't know his story. And I didn't know his story because he never talked about his story. And his story was more horrendous than mine. So he thought just by giving money and, and putting a roof over my head and feeding me would be good enough. So that's how it started was really, Brian was the, the acknowledgement of my of my uh, negative ways. And then I just chipped away at those, like the bills, and I had to learn about finances and I had to learn to listen more than always talking. I had to learn to listen to other people and and so that I could um, be more intuitive for them, too, because nobody is perfect. We all are perfectly flawed. And once I really got that into my in my mind and I started changing the way I thought, and it's interesting, I just wrote a quote for a magazine. Um, they wanted to know what your quotes, your, what kind of you live by. And one of mine was, and this actually really changed my life also, was a, a quote from Wayne Dyer, that if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And when I dissected that quote over and over again, because at first I was like, huh, you know, but I dissected it. It's like, I needed to look at life from a different perspective. I needed to look at it from the ground up, maybe instead than the sky down. I needed to look at other people's opinions and options and thoughts and, you know, and not just be so critical of them or critical of myself. And finding out the whys I was doing that. So there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it, the the whys and the learning and understanding, but there was also a lot of crying and like, I can't believe I did that. But you also learn that you can't change the past. You have the moment and you move into the future. So I took one baby step at a day at a time and moved in and paid off the little bills first and then got the bigger bills and you know, just kept plugging away. Where then I became in the black, and that even built more confidence. Um, and I did it all on my own. At the time, there really wasn't the big podcasts um, to talk about things. No. And there was no people that, uh, that could, I could only hold myself accountable, which is one of those words also that came into play. No. Um, I had to hold myself accountable because everybody else has their own stuff. They have their own life. And they don't have necessary time. Or, and it also, I wasn't even ready to tell people what I was going through either. I, I felt I needed to get through some things first before I could even discuss it because I didn't want to have any negative, negative things on me too, but I had to learn. And it was one day at a time.
0: What were the five words again?
1: Acknowledgement, forgiveness, mindset, Mind- accountability, and perseverance. And then I added in later gratitude as a number six Shh. bonus. Yeah. Sure.
0: I, it, it makes me really what's well, it's always a curious thing for me is like when I work with people right now as a as a mental health coach, one of the things that I try and focus on is is the development of what I call values, right? Other people might call them ethics, other people might call them principles. but what what I see this, you know like it it's it's very confirming to to hear this story because it's you're not just looking at acknowledgement and saying I need to acknowledge, right. You're looking at acknowledgement and saying, how do I need to define my acknowledgement? How do I need to, you know, where is the limits of my acknowledgement? Is it, is it, is this too much acknowledgement? Is this too little acknowledgement? Um, and, and really diving into what those words really mean to you, defining them and, and preparing them for practical use, I think. And, and it's really, it's really a powerful thing to step into that, I think attitude, right? That mindset, Mm -hmm.
1: you know,
0: so we could say, um, and and start digging into something that is so in front of us, this whole, you know, we've always, we always know what acknowledgement means and forgiveness means and, you know, perseverance and accountability, mindset, gratitude. We always know what they mean, but we don't really know how it means or what it means to us until we, we sit in the pocket and say, I need to sit here and find this and the limits of all of this until i it, and you know until i get it before i can make any decisions that actually matter because when you do you actually start to understand yourself you actually become self-aware of like who am i and why do these words even matter to me right they didn't come to you for no reason you've been yeah. thinking about them a long time but you know they they became so intrinsic to your process because in many ways, I think you sat down with the self-awareness of what they really mean to you, not what they mean to, you know, Jack, who talked about acknowledgement in the corporate meeting six years mm-hmm. ago, right? Like what they mean to you, how do you define them? That's really, that's really interesting to me because yeah. it's something that I've talked about for two years now.
1: Yeah. it it It's interesting because I've always been really. Even though I was terrible at English, okay, when growing up, because I wasn't the best student in the world. I was always smart, but I was not the best student because I just didn't, you know, I didn't put myself into that area, try to work very hard at it. But um I've always loved words. And I always felt that words matter. Mm-hmm. And that not in just a generic sense, but words matter in the deeper sense. Yeah. And so when people say things and it's, and and it's, I don't like dissect their words or anything like that, but it's, it's, if you listen to people, you can actually read between the lines and hear between the lines, what they're really saying. And that was, so the word listen became very important to me also to not just listening to myself, because that's where you get that internal, you know, affair with yourself and start loving yourself when you start listening to who you are. But I also wanted to have the opportunity to listen to other people to hear what they said what before there was a lot of times and I, I know a lot of people do this um is they're thinking bef- while somebody else is speaking they're trying to think of what they're going to say mm-hmm. so they're really not listening right because they feel that they have to be come back with something pretty quick or do something where in reality there's some there's another word that I, I talk about a lot, too, and it's called the pause, yeah. and it's letting other people talk and you listening to them and then making a pause and evaluating what they just said before you actually speak. But the pause is also. I also talk about the pause as getting off the off of the hamster wheel, um, because getting off the hamster wheel is another time that people need to take the pause. But you're right. The words matter. Um and so I take those five words seriously. And I want, and I, and I mentioned to you earlier that I added gratitude and I didn't add it in the way that a lot of people add it. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious yeah. Now, some, this, is,
0: this has always been a conversation I've been wanting to have.
1: Yeah. Because you hear everybody expressing now, it's kind of like gratitude is the, the new word, right. <laughs> you know, I'm so blessed, you know, I'm so grateful, you know, and, I, I started dissecting that and I said, really? Okay, so what are you really grateful for? I mean, what, what are you grateful for? Well, I'm just grateful. No, 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 no. You, it, to be. you have to really dig into the word and appreciate the word of what it really is because anybody can be grateful and have gratitude and bless people and whatever. But you've got to take that word- And still hate their life. And still hate their life. <laughs> And I find that, and that's exactly where I was going, because you know what? Most of those people that say, I'm so grateful, but they hate their life. Yep. And so this is what kind of made me dig into it. And I do call people out on it a lot, especially my clients sometimes I'm like, but what does that really mean? You're grateful. Are you grateful for the fork that you have in your hand right now? Cause you're eating at breakfast or you get that caprese that you're eating that somebody else may, may not have. Is this uh, something that, are you grateful for the roof over your head? Because there's a lot of people that have no roof over your head. Do you think about that? Or are you just grateful? So it turns it around on them. They're like, "Wow, yeah, I never really thought about it in that way." So the, you can't just use the word grateful. You have to go deeper into that word and and, and feel and feel it, yeah. not just say it.
0: it. It it's always bothered me, you know. Like you, you talk or you listen to some of the bigger you know, bigger influencers on online talk about gratitude. You know, I've heard Oprah talk about it. I've heard, um, I can think about who else there's, there's been a few people that have talked about it, but they talk about it almost as if gratefulness and gratitude comes first. And I really disagree with that because in, in 2015, I was at a point where I almost committed suicide yeah. and I had been to Afghanistan. So I had a lot of gratitude where I was like, I saw what could be but then I was also in this place where there was a lot of generational trauma that I was dealing with. There was a lot of trauma that I was dealing with grief. I had lost my father to suicide at six years old, brought all of these things to a bear. And I was, I could recognize gratitude of like, I'm in America, right? Like I'm not dealing with what Afghans are dealing with right. Like even now, right. Like, but back then it was still terrible. Um, But that didn't matter because, if I were to look at gratitude, I would have just been pissed off. What I, what I really needed to look at was why was I not understanding of what my life was at the time and and in comparison to what it could be, like, I wasn't grateful for the opportunities that were coming to me. I wasn't grateful for, you know, all the things that I had, what I struggled with the most, I think was, I had a lack of understanding of how to approach communication, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, where I was, is I was silent for 19 years, I just didn't talk about the things I needed to talk about. And I was always fearful of expressing myself and sharing things because I had already made assumptions that nobody was going to care. Nobody was going to be there. Nobody was going to know how to deal with it. You know, and I could go on. There's a, so many, there's I a list you. of things, right? Like I, I made all the excuses, and until, you know, until I put the gun to my head and I was like, I'm going to I'm, gonna end my life. I didn't have the ability to really look at what gratitude was. It, right. it had to come, it had to be built because part of, I think, gratitude is the development of mm-hmm. something to be grateful for, right? Yes. It, it can't be just what is given to you. You can be grateful for life and still yeah. hate it. Absolutely. I, I think you need to be able to look at what have I built? Because mm-hmm. I look at my life now, the things that I have done in the last seven years to, to completely transform my life, I now look at and I recognize gratitude. Mm-hmm. But it had to be built. I have to look at like the things I didn't have back then that I thought I never would have, like my yeah. wife, my my soon-to-be daughter, right? I'm having a, a daughter here soon. Um, my my stepson, my dog, my my home, like I never thought any of those would exist for me because I never thought I'd live past 25. I never thought I'd live past 20, you know, 30, 30 something. Um, and now here I am seven years later, profoundly helping millions of people, right? I've, I've have, I, I can't even tell you how many millions of views I have. I can tell you how many millions of likes I have on TikTok. Right.
1: Yeah. but
0: it's, you. you don't understand gratitude until you learn how to, how to build, how to create, how to craft, how to, develop, you know, all of those words that mean to build that foundation and, and grow who you are. And I don't think people really
1: talk about that very well. No, they don't. They, because it just becomes words to them. Yeah. They're not defining the, the, the words and and they're just, they're just saying the words and they're not feeling the words. And when I go back to that feeling, whether it be acknowledgement or gratitude or mindset or whatever, I found that in order to feel anything, and we're going to go back to that word pause, you've got to pause and you've got to step off the hamster wheel. You've got to stop the monkey chatter. You have to be okay with being alone. I have friends that they just, they, just, they, they don't want to be alone. So they're always like, wait, well, hey, you want to go here? You want to go there? You want to go out to lunch there? And I'm like, no, I'm good. You know, and but they need something to distract them from their lives. And so, for your your people who are watching this or listening to this, i i w- I would just say, take even to start, even thirty seconds. I'll even go thirty seconds because it's everything is a baby step. Go into the bathroom and without your iPod, without your, you know, your your, your your earbuds, without your music, without the kids, without anything, or take a walk without music, because some people say, well, I go out in the, uh, and walk in the, you know, nature and this is stuff. I said, yeah, but you got it. You got music on. You're distracting yourself. You missed half of the things. You missed that that, that seal that was birthing of birthing and that over. So you've got to take it all up and go naked in your mind and in your, you know, in your mind. And when you do, I find that my clients come back and say, it was hard. I said, yes, it's hard. Everything is hard. It's going to turn out to be better. It's just because you're not used to it. You're just used to this chatter. So it's become normal. So the quiet is like not normal to you. So you don't even know what to do with yourself. I remember when I first started that, because I, I always, people would say to me, oh, you should meditate. And I'm like, Oh my God! Meditate. That means I gotta put my you know fingers out like this, you know, and I have gotta like go into a trance, you know. And I'm like, there's no freaking way I'm ever gonna do that, right? <laughs> and I actually turned that that word, and I kind of pegged my own word, and I call it quietation. And I ask people just to take 30 seconds or two minutes, anything, step away and pause, and do nothing. And I find that they come back and they say, you know what? Because I give them a challenge for like one week do one minute, do three minutes. If you can do longer, great. If you can't, that's fine. But I would have to say 99.9% of them back who actually did the challenge, come back and say, oh my God, I want to keep doing this because I love how it feels. And I love that even though it's hard and I don't always like some of the things I'm thinking about because they're actually finding out who you are and some of the things you don't like and some of the things you do like. Because I always try to tell people, you know, whenever you find one, something you don't like, there's always something that's good about you also. So don't forget that. And so it's amazing. They say it changes their life by just having some quietation and they start thinking about things. And then they can get into the more challenging of acknowledging things and forgiving them forgiving themselves and, and learning about words and gratitude and the such and breaking those words down. So those are not just words anymore. They're feelings. And, and you can address them. And, and it's just like, I try to get people who, who um, also, who always are saying to themselves, oh my God, I got to go to work today. Oh, I got to go to the grocery store. Oh, I got to go take the dog here. I say, why don't you say, I get to go to the grocery store. I get to go to work today. I get to spend time with my sister today. I get to do the laundry. Some people don't get to do that. So words, you know, it's really thoughts and mindset and mind fitness, because I believe that the word mental um, is, is a harsh word for a lot of people. And it, it, comes, it comes with a lot of backlash from in the past of mental health. So I always like to call it mind fitness. And, you know, because we're, we're, we, we do fitness on the body, let's continue to do fitness on the mind. So it all works together. Um, the pausing, the, you know, the words and the such, but it's uh, important for people to realize that they need to dig into the words and really feel those words. Like you were talking about gratitude.
0: Yeah. There's, there's far more, there's far more emotions than we have words. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we Mm -hmm. don't have, we don't have the vocabulary of the vernacular to have an, an educated conversation about what's going on within us, you know, and, and that's, I think that will always be the case. I don't think humans will ever have the capacity to fully express what's happening within, but as I think you grow and develop your vocabulary, you actually have the ability to start understanding more about yourself. But there, you know, I kind of I kind of side with, you know, Carl Jung and the idea that there's always a piece of yourself that you will never know.
1: Yes. And I, I think that's agree more.
0: I think that's really important. I also kind of side with the idea with, like how how Jordan Peterson looks at things and says, you know, there's a monster within you as well, and Mm -hmm. I I really I I really find that to be true. There's always going to be hard stuff. There's always going to be dark stuff. There's always going to be things you think of like, I really hate that person, you know, or really hate this, or I really I'd kill that person if you know if I could, you know, like that's always going to be part of life. Yeah, because I think we we've kind of lost this undertone that we are still a part of nature right Mm -hmm. like we think we fit into society and the reality is we've built society to fit us yes and and there's this natural part of life where we have we have these thoughts these feelings these responses these reactions that go against what society has deemed normal or you know uh non-confrontational and the reality is is they actually are are composed of these realities in nature that says we have to fight for what we, for, for our needs. We have to support ourselves in some, some regards. And, you know, as, as a species, I think there's a lot of importance in putting emphasis on reminding ourselves we came from nature and that doesn't mean everything has to be a fight, but we do have to remember that our responses come from a situation and a time uh, you know, that we had to fight for things.
1: Um, yeah. yeah, I just want to quickly say on that, when you say come from nature, is that people, if people were to take a second and, and feel when when they're outside, most of the time you feel like it grounds you, mm-hmm. right? Because nature is grounding because we are part of it. We are part of that species. We're part of that whole thing. And that's why when we're out there and the ocean and different things, people have thing, different things grounded, but it's all comes down to nature that really grounds you. Not buying that car didn't ground me, just made me happy for five minutes, but it didn't ground me and make me feel good necessarily. But yeah. you feel good when you're in nature in most case. And 99% of the people feel good when they're in nature. So I didn't mean to interrupt you, but-
0: <laughs> No, it's, that's that's what I'm saying, right? Like there's 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 a- a love hate relationship that we have with nature as, as it is our provider, but it is also our destroyer.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? And so
0: we have to, we have to recognize that, you know, society is only a vessel in in some regards. It's, it's the vessel on the ocean and nature is the ocean and she mm-hmm. can be, she can be mild, she can be tempered um, yeah. and she can be a hurricane, you know, and, and yeah, she
1: can be violent. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And And there's, there's, there's important stuff that needs to be understand, understood on both sides of that. What, what happens when nature is mild and what happens when nature is violent? Um, because we're part of that. We have yeah. that capacity too. Um, and I just think, you know, our, this conversation started with words, but it ultimately ends with behavior, right? And our behavior is fundamentally, you know, demonstrative of what we're thinking. And oh absolutely and those behaviors, behaviors right?
1: yeah those behaviors become um, continuous if you don't understand them
0: yeah
1: especially if they now if they're good behaviors that's fine you know if
0: you, if you can't put words to them you 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 don't have the capacity for for many people you don't have the capacity to really make sense of saying this is either good or bad
1: Th- that's right that's right so it's like but this, so I encourage people to to stop and pause and really, you know, if you can, is, and you're not going it, to, it's okay to feel those bad and good feelings if they're whatever they are, yeah. but, you know, whether, you know, even though you don't feel and you don't know really what's good and what's bad sometimes it's okay to, to have those feelings. It's like when people lose somebody and, and they're going through the grief situation and they have the anger and the sadness and they're pissed off and they're, you know, they want to kill somebody. And then, then they're like, you know, just sad. And, and it's, you you have to allow yourself to in some ways succumb to those 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 feelings so that you can understand them. Or not you're never probably gonna understand them, but you know, at least get started because I know if, as from my process, I will always be on this journey. You know, some people say, Oh my god, Patricia, you're so wise, you know everything, you know, you you really got your stuff to get your shit together, you got these things together. I'm like, No, I'm just, it's just one day at a time girls, (laughs) you know, and you know I will never stop learning or taking a new path or the journey until I take my last breath. That's just the way it should be. I believe I don't want to stop. I don't want to stop, you know, uh, helping my mindset be better, helping my body be better. I want to learn no matter what age. And that's another thing is that anybody is watching it. You might have younger people looking at this, but I was just thinking, I need to do a podcast on the people that are not hurt at all. The You know, the 55 and ups who think they're yeah. invisible when in reality, you know, it never stops and, and it, it just gets better. It grows. And I learn more about myself. My God, but it's so intense inside there. There's so much going on between the mind and the body that you'll never know it all. But gosh, if you could just get yourself into a place where I found myself now is a place of peace where every night when I go to bed, I feel I did what I could for what I knew today. I even go through my five words every day. I, I still use these five words all the time. And I acknowledge: is there something I need to acknowledge that I, you know, about what I said to somebody or not said or what I did, or even for myself, do I need to forgive somebody or myself that I do something stupid? Cause we're human, right? We do things. And then I go through that now the list is not like long like it used to be it's very short usually because it's just one day at a time, but it brings me to a, a point of. I think that most people just want to feel at peace, yeah. you know it's just like when they're they a few few minutes before their deaths, they just want to feel peaceful. And if you can feel that way then that to me that's that's living. And I'm, you know, and I'm good, but tomorrow brings a whole new set of whatever is going to happen and how I'll respond to things. And, and I hope I get better and better at responding at things. Um, and it, but it is a journey, it's a path and it's never ending. And I embrace it every day. Um, it's kind of like I remember um, people always say, Oh, they're never going to change because they're, you know, I'm too old to change. That's, that's a famous thing. I'm like, sure no, is. first off, you're never too old to change. I'm one of those. Nobody's too ever old to change. You're never too old to do anything. You're never too old to live and do some passionate things you want to do. But what you have to do is not fight change and embrace change. And I have to say, and I when I'll go back and I'm, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, I don't look seventy. There is a part of me that believes that even at a younger year, uh, especially when you turn forty and fifty for women and men too. Instead of fighting it and stressing out over it, I learned to just embrace it. And so I called it like a celebration rather than, you know, uh, saying, oh, my God, don't tell anybody else. I'll be 39 for the next 30 years, you know, type of thing. <laughs> it's just that you embrace, embrace it like, you know what? Can't do a thing about it. This is who I am. This is the age I am. And I believe that the that stre- cause stress causes age. It causes sickness. It causes health issues
0: it, it seems a lot of things. It, it seems as if, and, and maybe you can, you can correct this assumption if I'm wrong. Um, it seems as if you have no capacity. Well, you, you might have a capacity for it, but you limit the capacity for shame mm-hmm. yourself. And yeah. And I'm curious how, how do you approach that conversation? Right? Like, let's say you do something wrong or you have done something wrong, you know, to yourself, like, either to yourself or to others, like, how do you approach that conversation of shame? Cause I think that's really indicative of stress, especially mm-hmm. later on in life. Like this building of, I've done all of these terrible things in my life. Mm-hmm. I should be ashamed. Nobody, mm-hmm. nobody wants to take care of me because I've hurt everybody in my life. Like, how do you, yeah. how do you approach that conversation?
1: Well, that's where my word forgiveness came in. Apparently, uh, when I was part of my five words is that every day, um, I do look back and, and say, did I feel something today that felt like insecurity or self-worth, or was I scared about something and which, you know, did I have a lack of confidence? And I will bring it up to myself. I talk to myself and the, and the cat, I would talk to myself and say, why did that come up that way? What brought that up? And instead of kind of pushing it and like oh my god i'm so in you know uh, incompetent or i'm so st- calling myself stupid or you know doing something dumb i immediately will say to myself well patricia that didn't go quite as well and you felt some things in there that you you really know is not true and but you have to realize it's not true now you may have said something wrong to yourself but you didn't mean it you're just, that was just something that happened in the past that you brought back up. And really in reality, you, you know that it's not true that you're not smart enough because you are smart enough. So I try to counteract those things internally. And if I did something wrong that maybe to somebody else or maybe said some bad words, who knows what I might've said, because I'm again, human. Uh, I'll say, well, that wasn't the best way of putting that, you know, internally. And, you know, how can I do that differently? How could I have done that differently? And then I, I say, I forgive you. I forgive you, Patricia, for saying that and doing that. Is there something you need to say to somebody to, 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 to make them feel better because maybe you said something wrong? Maybe you need to say you're sorry. I actually have conversations with me in the evening when, when uh, just to go over that day so that I don't carry or compartmentalize that so-called shame that maybe I put on myself. Because what happens is when you compartmentalize it and don't bring it up to yourself and talk about it it festers yeah. and that's one of the reasons that i had a huge breakdown in in 57 because i compartmentalized you know my my rapes in my 20s my my sister dying the um the the, the people that i was hanging out with in my 20s i compartmentalized all of this stuff and never dealt with it and then it just kind of blew up because lots of things were happening all at one time. And it's, it's like, it's like when you compartmentalize and put things in a bag, eventually that bag spills up so much that it's going right. to blow up. Yeah, and so that's one of the reasons that, but that's, so I, every day I really, I take them a minute and we're talking a minute or two minutes. We're not talking like I'm sitting there for hours, like contemplating my life. It's like two, two or three minutes. I'm like, okay, that I feel, you know, that I wasn't confident today, that I feel insecure. And just kind of ask myself a question and then realize to say, you know, that's not true, Patricia. So get over it. Take that out. Taking it out of the bag and throwing it out and even place it with confidence. And amazingly, it makes you feel better. And amazingly, a lot of times I'll also counteract it with, but you also did something really good today. You bought me some coffee today. You paid something forward. Give yourself a smile and a pat on the back. And it's amazing when you don't have other people telling you like, Oh, you're so fabulous and you're wonderful and this and that you got to also be your, your, best friend, your own best friend, because sometimes we have to hold ourselves accountable and we have to give ourselves our own kudos yeah. sometimes. But I also, I forgive myself. And, and, and you say it sometimes out loud, I forgive myself for thinking that way. I, I've had some, I've had some interesting thoughts of this lately um, about my brother um, and uh, and he's we hadn't ever been that close because he was so much older and I didn't like a lot of the ways he was dealing with his life and what a lot of things he did. And now, you know, in the last week, um, he was now uh, uh, diagnosed with the terminal cancer. So we don't know if it's going to be alive in the next week or six months from now. And even today, I found that he was sent back into the hospital again, just right before this podcast. And it's like, there's been feelings of going back and forth of like, oh, see, karma, you know, type of thing, which that's the negative side, right? And the other side is like, you know what, but I know his story and he, you know, so, you know, we have to forgive certain things and and the such, you know, so it's a a back and forth thing, but every day you are having to talk to yourself and deciding, you know, are you gonna forgive yourself for thinking that and doing that and say yes, you know, and then you move on type of thing. And as long as you can feel peaceful, when you, when I fall asleep, when I feel peaceful, I sleep well, I don't have the stress. And, um, and I wake up to a bright morning in the morning because I just look at things differently. Like, like I said, that quote, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So I try to look at them in different views and from different lenses in all areas. And it makes a big difference.
0: I imagine, I imagine that didn't start out being you know, one minute every night, right? I, I imagine that over time, as you as you process through the big things, right? Rape is no small thing. Mm-hmm. Grief is no small thing. Loss is no okay. small thing. Um, any kind of difficult relationship is no small thing. Right. That you've you've been able to almost make this process more efficient. Now-
1: Oh, yeah. I, I used to throw pillows and throw a-
0: <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm I'm curious like when when you first started this this idea of having these conversations with yourself or with mm-hmm. others right because this right. is also something that others kind of influence within us when we tell our best friend hey I'm really struggling with this and I feel like I'm a I'm a dirt bag and, and mm-hmm. nothing's going right for me and they say wait a second you're not and then hear this 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 and this is what what you're doing great what were the things that you really had to overcome with that that discussion, that internal dialogue, or even external dialogue with yourself that helped you kind of get to a point where you could actually say to yourself, you do need to forgive yourself for this. You do need to get over this, right? There's nothing you can do about this. How did it become so simplified now? Because obviously you're 12, 13 years into this. Um, what, what helped you through that process?
1: Well, and, and again, it definitely is a, oh, It's a process. And I think in the long run, because I don't think anybody ever completely fulfills that. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it's never going to be perfect. OK, um, so I don't want everybody to think like, oh, yeah, you go from here to there and everything is all good. It, right. I, it's a, I think I believe it's a constant process, but I have definitely gone from because at the beginnings, I had a lot of anger I was pissed off. And I had to talk to myself. And and again, I was like, why are you so angry? You know, and and, and, and it would come out in even road rage back in the day. You know, (laughs) we're like, you're pissing me up, man. Get off my tail, you know, and I'm like, my God, you know, and and but there was so much internal things that I never uh, felt. I just didn't allow myself to feel I didn't allow myself to feel that was the bottom line. I didn't allow myself to feel at all. And so when it came out, and I didn't understand, I didn't really understand where all these things were coming from. You know, I'd be happy and then, you know, but I wasn't, I was never diagnosed as depressed. You know, it would come out though as like happy and then I'd be so pissed off and I'd be, you know, I like knew mother and that, you know, I would just do all kinds of things. And like I said, I would throw pillows and throw things. And, and, um, and I realized that when I kind of got to that point after 57, that those are some of the things I needed to, to work on because they weren't benefiting me. In fact, they were tearing me apart more than anything. So it, it was a very hard, probably first year of really getting to the point where um, I could forgive the rapists because I was rape, raped twice, uh, raped by a stranger by a gun and then raped by my boyfriend who thought I was cheating on him. and he beat me up and threw me in the hospital so I was in the hospital but I had to get that anger out to a point that said okay that anger really is he's holding I'm allowing that person to hold on to my energy and he's got power over me and that pissed me off also when I started realizing that like you know he's causing it but he doesn't even know what he's done he doesn't care he might even be dead." It, you know, it doesn't know. So I had to really come to a place of, I'm not going to let these people who hurt me in the past, who created a, inside me a distrust in life, distrust in distrust in people, uh, my, losing my self-esteem, my self-worth, because now I have a choice. And I use that word choice a lot in, in my life. It's like, I'm choosing to not allow that to, to anger me I'm going to realize that that person probably has his own story. And when I start thinking about people in in the aspect that I don't know their story. I don't know if he was raped and maybe incested when he was a boy. I don't know that. So he's just acting out and I don't know that. So I can't judge. So it's not that I forget it. It's just that I allowed myself to forgive these types of people or their actions because it was serving me no purpose to be angry at them because I didn't know what the story is. It's kind of like, I always think when people, women and and girls and men and stuff, they judge people before they know anything. It's Mm -hmm. just like, you know, I was on a podcast with somebody, it was a panel and one of the ladies was, she kind of, she stepped out and kind of assumed something about me Um, and I didn't call her out on it at that moment because I didn't feel it was the place and the time to do that. But I felt, you know, like already there was a judgment and the judgment was because I was a blonde, blue eyed girl that, that I probably have, you know, plenty of money and I'm very comfortable. You know, it was a big assumption and on, on this part. And I thought about it that night and I'm like, well, she just doesn't know my story, but it's sad that she didn't want to even get to know my Story without being you know judging first. So a lot of people judge and then they make assumptions and then they make decisions based on things that aren't true. Right. And so you have to learn to realize and let go of some of that because I find that it just takes more power from you and more energy. And I have to have my energy in order to live for today and move forward. So that's one of the reasons that I do. Have those conversations with myself every night because I want to be in that moment and live for tomorrow. I don't want to live in the past. I don't want to forget the past, but I also want to acknowledge that past and know that I was angry. And it took a while to move through that. But again, once I realized that I don't know any other stories in reality of of, of why they treated me that way. And, you know, because I also, you know, growing up in a man's world, a lot of ways I dealt with a lot of men that, um, was it, it very sexist and very everything like this. And um, I had to learn too that this is just the, the time that this is, they don't, they, they just don't know better sometimes. And so instead of holding on to some of these things, which a lot of people do, they hold on to grudges, they hold on to, you know, and, they, and they're angry all the time. I found that that didn't serve me at all. Mm-hmm. It just didn't serve me. So, you know, I mean, and I still get upset at somebody tailgates me, by the way, oh, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, but, I just look at it in a different way and just like, okay, you know, rather than trying to slam my brakes on and trying to prove something, you know, I'm going to be like, it's going to let it go and yeah. move because it's not going to, it's just not, it's going to end badly, <laughs> you know?
0: Do, you know, it's, I, I always kind of look at it as this base fundamental idea of interaction, right? When we, when we have an interaction, if you bring something to it, to the table, you know, Depending on what it is, it's going to, it's going to influence the conversation,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: If you bring, if you bring anger, you're going to get a response
1: yeah.
0: and more often than not. Right. And I think, I think a good example of this is the idea of toxic masculinity and how women have traditionally looked at it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: not to say it's not wrong, but what I've, what I think has come to the table as you get the response from men, men that you get because of how you brought it to the table.
1: You know what? Let me, I'll stop you right there because I have a great story on that one. Go for it. Yeah. My, my first husband, um, it was, it was one, it, what happened was we'd been married and I kind of knew that I'd made a mistake and, and I decided to ask for a divorce. Well, I had a cat named Shiman at the time. I'm a cat lover, as you can probably see. What and was the name? shemin s-h-e-m-e-n okay. shemin, supposedly is from turkish lovers shemin and rodrigue or something but anyway um and i love this cat i brought this cat into the marriage this cat was my baby it's like you know when dogs are somebody's baby these my this was my baby so when we got i left he says to me i'm keeping the cat <laughs> you know which immediately in my inside of me brought up nothing but anger and like you know i wanted the words explicit that we're gonna that we're gonna come out of my mouth um i made the decision that i had learned that don't fuel people don't fuel people so what i said to him as i said that's okay you can have her. Knowing inside myself that I was like that, that I knew that he would want he would not keep the cat, but I found that when, and especially when you know people they that you're just they just want a reaction from you, mm-hmm. they just want some kind of reaction whether it be man or woman or whatever yeah. they're just trying to get to you somehow to make you happy to just dig you. And I, you know, at that time, I was starting to really getting into more of learning about myself a little bit. It was before I was 57, but it was, but I was still starting to kind of learn about things. And I did not fuel them, fuel him. He kept trying to get at me constantly. Like I'm taking the cat. Oh, I left the cat. You know, you know, he's not being, th- I know he'd beat the cat. You know, it was, it was just certain things. And finally, like three months later, he says, calls me and says, you can come and get your cat because he couldn't get the reaction that he wanted and i find that if people are especially in relationships if you don't fuel them they have nothing to react to yeah you know and so but it's not easy it takes a lot of willpower and even in fights i find that tell people like take a pause Right. Take a pause because I know from learning about myself that if you anger me, I might say something that I don't mean, you know, yeah. and it, it does come from a, a place that you probably do mean it. But in reality, you don't really mean it because it comes from what from one of those areas of behaviors of stories that that probably was from way back when. And it really might not even be about them. It right. just triggered something from your past type of thing. Right. So I find that just by pausing and saying, I'm going to step back. take tell you what. Thank you. I'm just going to step away for a minute. Thank you. It's amazing, and, and calm yourself down. So, yeah, it was uh, You never want him to react. So, continue on with your story.
0: <laughs> no, it's you're you're absolutely right. Like that's that's just a representation of this. It, it's it's toxicity, right? It's mm-hmm. this. I want you to feel something because I'm upset, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, I, I was talking about like toxic masculinity, um, and and it almost became reversed. Right where it was almost toxic femininity attacking yeah. toxic masculinity, and nothing nothing was done for quite a long time. It was just a constant political battle and a, a you right. know a, a constant online debate. Um, whereas like how we how we looked at it now, I think through TikTok is a lot more appropriate because we've gotten past that emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. Is we're looking at narcissism, we're looking at the idea of what are toxic interactions within a relationship. And we're starting to see men have this upbringing that have built this while women have this upbringing that have built this and these two different focuses become, you know, problems, they become problematic. And so now I think we're looking at it and saying, you know, I don't care whose fault it is, but here's the problem. And when you can actually do that, you actually have, a, a foundation to start building on. I'm exactly. saying, there's, you know, you could certainly blame narcissism, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the legitimate narcissists out there, because sometimes I think that word is overused. Mm-hmm. I think people have narcissistic tendencies, but to be a narcissist has, there, there's quite a lot of, yeah, of issues you quite, have to yeah. really, you a know, centralize. Um, but to have those, like to talk about interaction is a really deep and intricate subject. And we like to label people and blame people and judge people and all the things that we've already talked about. And that is not beneficial. You know, that doesn't serve a good purpose of like, how, how are you supposed to have a conversation when you say you have all of these problems? What initially, right. The When you, when you respond to that, you're going to be upset because you're like, if that's the first time you've heard about those issues, because. <laughs> Maybe, you know, and especially like as men, I think I can, I can actively speak about this Mm -hmm. as men, one of our, one of our goals. And one of the, one of the things that we were built on was you have to provide for your family. You have to provide. Right. And so what we do is we put our heads down and we do the work. Right. And then 12 years later, your wife turns to you and say, I want a divorce because you're never around. And it's like, what the fuck? Right. No, like exactly. that's the, that's the instant reaction. And so how do you expect, you know, if that's, if, if what you do as a woman is say, you are the problem because you are never around your, you know, you're, you're, never, you're a waste of a father because, you know, you bring all of this, this right. attack to this person. If you, if you expect a response, that's supposed to be legitimately peaceful and calm, you're not going to get it
1: because no, it triggers.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so that can just set off a complete miscommunication and not to say that's women. It's both. Right? Oh, it's, like, both.
1: It's, it's totally both. It's yeah. totally both. And there's some people that use that to their advantage too, yep. by the way. It's, you Absolutely. Know, and I totally agree with you. If we could just find some common ground and it's not easy nope. because talking and communication is hard, but in, in for example, I've been in, uh, Prior to coaching, and I also, uh, you know, I was doing coaching before too, but I was in real estate for many, many, many years. <laughs> negotiating. And yeah. we're talking about two people, two people that are emotionally distraught. It's a very stressful thing to do and buy a home. Right. And you find out the communication of the lack of communication between not only the husband and wife sometimes, <laughs> and, and but also between the parties. Right. So you, you have to learn that, you know, there is a common ground, but we have to sit down and talk about it in a way that you get something and I get something and we can mutually have a happy ending. And, you know, and again, you have to address it in a way. And that's why sometimes third parties and coaches and therapists, you know, are out there because a lot of people aren't able to do that. But if you could really think about it and just realize that that man has a story, just like my father. His story was, he, he, his, he didn't have a real father that helped him to treat him, so he was poor and broke and beaten up. And he, but he knew that when he was gonna have a family, he was gonna put a roof over their head and make sure they had food. And that's mm-hmm. all that he cared about. And he worked very hard of it. And of course, the young child thinks, my daddy's never home. My daddy doesn't love me. So it, it's, it's understanding that, let's see what that story is first. Where is this coming from and why do you do this and why does she do this? And so So again, it's about communication and a common ground and it's not easy. And I don't want anybody to think that any of this is easy, but I will tell you it's freaking worth it. And just knowing who you are and understanding the who you are uh, inside and more and more every day, the better you get at it. And the more exciting it becomes when things move and opportunities open that you never thought they would because you kind of changed the way you look at things.
0: I I think it always, you know, and and with that last statement, if you change the way you look at things, I think that fundamentally starts with empathy, right? All of this Mm -hmm. fundamentally starts with that because when you can have empathy for people, right? Right. You can look at them and say, I'm going to change the way I look at things because I want to see what they see, right? And, you know, you you get kind of this interchange between us, like, I'm trying to learn about you and you're trying to learn my perspective. And so we're actively listening and responding in a way that actually functions within the conversation to prolong it and extend it and to deliver information to both of us. Yeah. And,
1: and it moves both of us forward in a good way when you step out of this and we we're done with the podcast, I can say, wow, I learned so much.
0: Yeah. It was fun. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, even even then like you also have to have the ability to say fuck you right like the the ability to have that savage kind of be Mm -hmm. be able to pull out when you know when i say something like patricia you're terrible you're the worst human being ever you should have the ability to say well fuck you i don't need this right i'm going to take a pause for a second think about this that was while
1: i take a step away
0: (laughs) right like i'm you know what maybe this isn't the right thing for us to do. Maybe this isn't the right thing for us to talk about, right?
1: Right and now, your type of thing. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And and that ability to kind of take that step and and that's accountability, right? That's,
1: that's accountability that's, is taking that step. and But also realizing that not everybody is for you. Yeah. You know, honestly, it's like, yeah. how many times, I mean, I, I really work on a lot of energy because I believe energy is a, a lot of different things. And you either... Uh, it, it, everybody has energy now there's some people have low energy as high energy this but you, it's like walking into a, a bar Let's say a bar. And you know that all of a sudden you get this weird feeling about these people over here and you just feel negative energy coming from it and you're like, Oh, I think I'm going to go this way. You know, and it, it's understanding that that you're not going to have everybody like you or love you. And that's okay. Because I don't want to like and love everybody It would be too busy for me. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's, it's important to make really people realize that you don't have to get along with everybody. It just may, that energy just may not be you know the right fit. And maybe down the line, it might be. Maybe their planets will you know align somewhere, who knows? But at this point, it doesn't really work. And you just have to be okay with that. Well, that's okay. That's right. okay, i move on.
0: Absolutely. Well, Patricia, I feel like we could talk for hours, but I, I think we both have things to do Quite soon, um, and so yeah, I want to. <laughs> right, I know. I I mean, I, I feel like we could continue this conversation for a very long time. Oh, maybe
1: if we'll do it again next year.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would love to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about your book. So I want to yes. I want to give you an opportunity, not only your book but your app, because that's that's one thing we haven't been able to talk sure. about yet. Could you give me a summary of? Or give the people a summary of you know, what's your book about and what does this app do for people?
1: Well, first off, here's my book, Seen and Unheard, and it's a memoir of my of my life. And but it's also a book that every a man can read, men do read, women read because uh, they 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 know somebody who has this maybe the situation or the story, and so they can say it can be your spouse or it could be a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a friend. And it just takes them through it, whereas it it gives real life stories that say that you can change this, you can do something differently. And if you change the way you you look at things, and it also so it gives little avenues of, of how to do that throughout the book. And so, But it is about a lot of time in my life of being seen and unheard, as what you actually talked about at the very beginning, where up to 19 years old, you felt unheard. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and same with myself. And you feel like you're just putting your head up against the wall. Nobody's listening to me. I'm invisible. So it's, it's for those people that believe they're invisible. Um, it's not true. So that's about that. The um, app itself, it's it's just recently launched. I'm excited about it. You know, I was launching a, a app is always cut, you know, hit the ups and the downs in that too. And, but, you know, it, it's so important to me because when I was going through this at 57, when I was broken, broken one of the things that I did not have was money, right? And, you know, I had to learn things on my own. And in reality, I didn't have that $500 or to contact a coach because I didn't want to call my friends because I just, I wasn't ready to do that. And so I didn't have $250 a, a month or $500 or whatever it might be. So I wanted to create a free app that if they want to upgrade, they can into and, and an affordable monthly app about building confidence, because I've always believed that confidence is freedom. So the more you can build your confidence up, the more freedom you have to do some of the things that you never have done to be able to step outside that box. And then, of course, it all encumbers self-esteem and self-worth and and, and, and not comparing yourself. But those are just little add you know extras to it just building the confidence so it's called confident you and you can go to the apple store to uh download or google play so feel free to sign up for free and uh see how you like it because there's a i have a series of things you can go through from the very beginning so and it's all about my uh actually my five words so it'd be really great for them to to go through it for free so absolutely so thank you for asking about that
0: absolutely and i'm 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 hoping some people find it. You know, I, I, know there's, there's people out there that listen to the podcast that really take a lot of value from it. And I know sure. I, I I've enjoyed this conversation. I think it's so incredible that we, we share that idea of, you know, how important words really are. Um, and I, I pu- I want to push people to, to find you. So with that being said, let's, let me ask you the last question, give you a, a chance to, to share your, your wisdom and your thoughts and your, um, your ideas on that. If there was one message, Patricia, that you could leave the world, what would that be?
1: Pretty simple. Pause. Take a pause. Take a pause from your life to find out who you are. When I say that, take a pause from social media, earbuds, you know, music, anything, just take a pause for you. Uh, and so you can start finding out who you are it's it's how you got to start it's the only way to start got to get rid of the monkey chatter too easy man. i know right it's too easy <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what it is it's really easy it's just a matter of taking action
0: Yep. well patricia thank you for coming on i appreciate Thanks. it so very much and we'll make sure all the links that people need are in the description in the show notes below if you've listened this far and you've given given us your time. I thank you very much. And we'll catch you next time on the Dylan experience. Thank you. And that is it.